Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cat. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear about it right here on Locked On Kentucky. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's Pizza. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. I'm riding solo today, but have no fear because there are a lot of topics to discuss. Kentucky football picked up a huge commitment, and he isn't like the ones um, over the past couple years. Plus, there's also more potential quarterback news uh, for UK football today. That came out. That was rather interesting. Going to share some information from the Josh Pascal interview uh, that was on the national broadcast of the Today Show today. Plus, he wasn't the only one up in New York. And we'll wrap with a couple of uh, tweets we got from the show, from the last edition of the show that I rather enjoyed. So I thought I'd read them. But let's start out with the most important news of the day. Bo Allen, quarterback from right here in Lexington, Lexington Catholic to be exact. That's where he goes to high school. Pick Kentucky. He was considering West Virginia, Michigan State, Georgia, and had taken visits to both Washington State and Duke, Mike Leach, David Cuthcliffe, and Neil Brown. I think we're all heavily, heavily in the mix. But he ultimately decided to stay home. He is rated as a four-star by rivals, a three-star by 247. He checks in at six foot two, 200 pounds currently, according to his listing on those recruiting services. Um... Here is passing numbers is from his junior season. He completed 65.3% of his passes for 3,729 yards, 42 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions in 12 games. That's a lot of touchdowns. That's over 3 a game. That's rather impressive. Uh, he is now the fourth commitment in the 2020 class, joining John Young. Lamar Goods, and Andrew Phillips. He is also a legacy like Phillips. Uh, Andrew's dad, Carlos, played at Kentucky, and Bo Allen's father also played at Kentucky. So half of the current commitments in the UK class are uh, sons of former players. That's kind of a cool little note. This is thing, you know, when you get a commitment, the first question a lot of people have, and I understand why they have this question, is, will this stick? Will there be any movement? Well, today, uh, Bo Allen quickly put those questions to rest, said that he is not going to take any visits, any other visits, and he isn't even going to entertain any other talking. He's not even going to talk to any other coaches. So that's kind of done. Myself, I got a chance to talk to Bo Allen today with Dick Gabriel on the weeknight show I do on 630 WLAP, Big Blue Insider, which is on from 6 to 8 PM. Uh, he he basically said a, a you know a lot of things. My main question was kind of about the offense moving forward, and he said with a chuckle that he knew how good Benny Snell was and why they leaned on the running game over the past couple seasons. But both Eddie Grant and Darren Henshaw made it clear that going forward there was going to be more balance in the offense and there was going to be more passing. And he was. That's what he wants. That's what he was looking for. I mean, when you look at his list, Washington State, West Virginia, those are those spread offenses. And I believe that's the kind of offense he plays at Lexington Catholic. So, cool part about this is his games this season, I'm sure, will be attended by a ton of Kentucky fans. So, it'll be a guy who's super close that you'll get to go and see uh, here locally. 
as I mentioned, the fact that, uh, you know, sometimes guys flip commitments, decommit. Sometimes they recommit. Kentucky fans, from a quarterback standpoint, when you have a, a four-star guy, which, you know, according to rivals, that's what Bo Allen is, highly rated, highly sought after. Recently, that has not worked out for Kentucky football. Go back to the past two uh, recruiting cycles between before 2019, and you got Mac Jones and Jaron Williams. The Mac Jones, uh, I mean, he put on the old construction helmet and was doing the little photo shoot outside of the some of the building progress around now Kroger Field. At that time, it was Commonwealth Stadium still. A couple, couple weeks, maybe a month or two later, he's on Alabama's campus. He's signing with Alabama. Jaron Williams, if I'm remembering right, he decommitted, recommitted, said that he was firm, and then ultimately switches up and goes to Miami. Now, bringing it even more recently, there was rumors that he was going to transfer and potentially end up at Kentucky. Those didn't come to fruition. Uh, but that was just kind of a saga in and of itself. And the thing that, as I just read with, with Bo Allen's comments, you know, he said to reporters on the scene there, I read this from uh, buddies John Hale and Derek Terry's articles who posted about Allen's uh, commitment. He said there is no chance I would do that at all when asked about potentially flipping. The fact that he's local, the fact that I don't mean to make, I don't know how to exactly phrase this. I don't think like the UK coaching staff is going to have spies or anything along those lines, but it'll be a situation where he'll be almost a part of the team this whole season. No, nothing. He won't, you know, be on campus a ton, uh, you know, day to day operations, but he'll probably be there most weekends going to every game that he can. I, I would venture to guess that he'll be on unofficial visits. Every time Kentucky has a home football game this year, unless he's you know got to travel a game or something along those lines, so he'll almost be have a bonus year. Now, obviously, he won't get to work with the coaches because that's a violation. He isn't signed yet, uh, but he will become a de facto recruiter, and he's mentioned that as well. And he mentioned <laughs> when we were talking to him tonight on the radio, he actually. I, my head was kind of spinning. He ran through so many names that he was interested in. in talking to and getting to sign with Kentucky. But it definitely seems like he's ready to help take the lead. Uh, John Young, who we, who we talked about earlier, is the one of the big-time commitments to offensive linemen out of Louisville, also seems to be heavily recruiting other dudes. And those two seem to kind of be taking a leadership role, and that's it, my memory of covering football recruiting for Kentucky. A lot of the times these classes that get molded uh, take the shape of guys who kind of lead them. And it, it definitely seems like two in-state guys in Young out of Louisville and Allen out of Lexington are going to kind of head up the thing. And I, it sets a strong foundation for the recruiting class as a whole. Uh, sometimes they're tough to tough to keep together. you got flips and, and decommits and recommits. And, you know, that's that's still going to happen, I would venture to guess, with, with people, with some of these guys in that this class. Uh, but when you have these two guys that are so sure-footed in their dedication to the University of Kentucky. And, you know, you throw on top of that Andrew Phillips, whose who's dad played at Kentucky, and Bo Allen, whose dad played at Kentucky. As I mentioned, you know, that those ties are so strong to the university that I don't think 
um, any kind of flipping is at all really an option uh, for those guys. So that that is that is solid a solid way. That is a solid way to start a recruiting class out. So hopefully we'll get to talk to Alan uh, potentially on this podcast. So stay tuned uh, for that in the upcoming episodes. Coming up next, more football talk. More quarterback talk, actually. Something surprising came across social media today. Tell you about that in just a sec. I want to take a minute to tell you guys about La Rosa's Pizzeria, which is coming to Richmond Road right beside the Skyline Chili super duper soon. Uh, let me tell you about their dining experience on this one. When you feel like relaxing or being served, their dining room is always warm and inviting, as are their servers. But since your days aren't predictable, they make sure our, their delivery and carryout options are. Everything on their menu can be delivered or get prepared for carryout, promptly, precisely, and piping hot. They got online ordering, or you can call 888-LA-ROSES, which is the phone ordering, and it's easy and they make sure they get your order right, which is the most important thing. When you're ordering food, you want to make sure you get uh, what, you're, what you order. Like, don't you hate when something's a little bit off of the roses? That's not going to happen. It's just a great, great spot, no matter how you eat your little roses. And they mention this all the time. They got over 40 menu items. So it ain't just pizza. They got all kinds of other stuff. Pasta, salads. So get ready, because the roses is coming to Lexington on Richmond Road really soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bruce Feldman, Kyle Tucker's colleague at The Athletic, had a tweet that surprised a lot of people today. He said, Penn State grad transfer QB Tommy Stevens is visiting Kentucky tomorrow. He tweeted that out on Monday. You're most likely listening to this on Tuesday. So Tommy Stevens will be visiting Kentucky. Um, this is a guy who's grad transfer, and so you would think that he would want immediate playing time. So the choice of Kentucky is a little bit interesting, to say the least. Uh, it was reported initially that he was only really considering three schools. They were Miami of Ohio, Illinois, and Mississippi State. But now Kentucky gets a visit. I don't, I don't know what this means. Is this just purely depth? The way I understand the situation, I read a Penn Live article today, and he is moving on to play. Like that is his goal, and so, you know, I there's no harm at all in ever, you know, having a guy on campus and just talking through options, and if he thinks he can beat Terry Wilson out, then. I'm sure the the coaching staff would love to have a little bit more competition. He he didn't put he's not played a ton. Obviously, he was behind McSorley at Penn State, and the what I was reading on him, he's had some injuries, so not a ton of time on the field collegiately, but some, which is more than what Kentucky currently has <laughs> behind Terry Wilson. So, just a really interesting note. We'll see where that goes uh, going forward. Uh, probably get a little bit more info after he wraps up his visit. Um, so we'll keep you up to date on that. The other final football note from today, uh, got a lot of play on social media, and deservedly so. Josh Pascal was up in New York on the Today Show, and they had there was an awesome, it was about a five-minute video that, that they put together about his, his cancer that was on his foot, the melanoma, and... The one thing that really stood out to me when you watch that video, and it's all over UK football's uh, social media account, both Facebook 
um, and on Twitter, I did not realize how much damage they had to do to his foot to cut it out. And I, I feel naive, you know, thinking back, like I, you know, because it's a situation where you have to be as sure as you can when you, you, when you, you know, I mean, basically they're cutting out cancer, you know, and they want to cut out as much around it as possible so that there are no issues. And this was the first time I had seen his foot. If there had been pictures out there, I, I did not know it. And when you look at the his current foot, because they, they had him with one of the medical staff, one of the trainers, uh, that was really one of the first guys to kind of suggest maybe we should look into this further, and then ultimately this gets gets caught, and then he, he gets he gets fixed. And, um, you know, it went through the whole process. And this was kind of a, a bigger thing that the Today Show is going, which is a very important a message, and it's about skin cancer. Obviously, we're heading into the summer months, and so they're trying to get people to to put on the sunscreen and be aware of all that. And, you know, uh, my grandmother had had that as well uh, when I was growing up. So I remember these things. Hers was never serious, and it was always caught early. But those things can get worse, and that's why you have to be vigilant in all these things. So, you know, as a, as a message, always check yourself uh, for skin cancer and the way they showed it in the video. If anything gets irregularly shaped or grows, always ask a doctor and then get further investigations. But uh, back to the Josh Allen's foot, like, it was pretty crazy how much skin they took out. I did not realize it was that much. It was the first time I saw a picture. I guess it was right after the surgery, and it was it was kind of grotesque. I mean, it was, it was very tough to look at. They cut a humongous section out of his foot, a really, really big section. And as I mentioned, it makes sense because you want to make sure 100% you get all that out. Uh, Josh said that you know he's still taking a little bit of treatment right now, um, and they're being very vigilant, and he knows going forward that if anything ever pops up again, uh, they'll catch it early because he's constantly getting tests. He's constantly getting blood work. He's getting all the, the lymph nodes and those kind of things where those things can potentially spread to checked uh, very frequently. So he, he seemed to be in a great mindset uh, when you watch this video. Um, but Mark Stoops mentioned um, during spring practice that, uh, that Pascal was struggling to a certain extent with not being back to 100%. And I, in my mind, kind of thought that was from the treatment. But when you look at that foot, it is probably from the surgery. It, they had to take a graft from another portion of his foot and replace the part that was on kind of the ball of his foot, that area. And then they had to graft a portion of his ankle and put it where they had taken the skin from the other start. So it was like a two-step process. Basically, uh, I mean, this is me just doing some uh, kind of interpreting and reading between the lines, they needed to have like bottom of the foot skin on the ball of the foot. And so they took it from kind of like the arch area. And you could, this will all make sense if you go watch that video. And I mean, I, I recommend you do because, you know, it is it is just kind of resets everything and it makes you realize how special a young man that Josh Pascoe is. Uh, but th- th- this process cannot be easy and it's just got to be painful. I can't imagine, you know, grafting skin and going through all that it it probably was just incredibly painful and you know just recovering from a cut or something along those lines can take time and when you have that that big of a portion of skin removed it's no wonder that he's still dealing with some issues I mean trying to get back to 100 percent because I mean 
you know, when you talk to those guys, the the get off and the push off and a lot of that is from the foot area, you know. I mean, you just think about it. Just try to push off with your foot. You're using you're using parts where uh, you know Josh Pascal had surgery on it. So it was just kind of crazy to see, but I you know, you just you take the silver linings when you can and it's great that he's able to be a spokesman for this uh, going forward because he also made it very very clear he said it several times in the, in the thing that you know as an as an african-american male he never considered skin cancer to be something he had to deal with uh because as he put it the pigment of his skin is something that skin cancer doesn't normally you know happen in and so this is kind of a, a wake-up call uh to the to people that are like him growing up that this can still affect you and they need to be vigilant even if it is unlikely because the kind he had was was very very aggressive and could have been very bad if it wasn't caught early. Uh, other guy, this other dude, was also in New York on Monday. It was John Calipari. He was uh, having some fun. He was at, at the New York Yankees game. He was hanging out with his bud, Brian Cashman, taking pictures with the wife, Ellen, a little selfie action. I forget how many, let's, let's check real quick how many he was up to as we're recording this. I saw at least, I don't even know how many, well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you this. I'll give you tweets from New York and then selfies. So, okay, here we go. You got one, he's got a self, first, first one, this is smart move by John Calipari. First tweet from the Yankees is the selfie with the wife. So there's one, then he has a picture with Doug Cecil who is a massage therapist for the Yankees, and his and Cecil's parents live in Lexington. That's a standard picture. So there's two from uh, New York. And then the third one, it's a picture of his wife Ellen and her parents, Ray and Sue Higgins. So that's three, one, two, three uh, tweets. Then you got another one, and it's a picture of Ray with, I don't know, oh, Ray, Ray Higgins. That's um, That looks like a different guy, light in the... Light inside wasn't as, as good of a picture for Mr. Higgins. Anyway, uh, so it's it's uh, his father-in-law, Ray, and Cal's good friend, Brian Cashman. Uh, so there is, what's that, four? We're up to four tweets. And then, boom, finally, he goes, let's play some baseball. And it's a picture of the field. So these are all pictures. So that puts us up to five pictures. And then there was, wait, we're not done. We got another one. John Calipari goes, look at who I ran into at the Yankees game. Slice, and it's uh, Barry Rorson. I think I'm pronouncing that name correctly. I always forget. Former UK assistant. He's at the game as well. Another selfie. So that is six pictures from pictures, not pictures. I was. I'm not paying attention to the Yankees game and how many how many guys they actually use. But that's six pictures from this game. This one excursion. John Calipari gets very, very excited when he's at a baseball game, and he sends out a lot of tweets. Well, I mean, he might not send them out, but, you know, they get sent out. He's taking these pictures, though. I know that. He wrapped up with one more tweet. He said, going to see my Pirates in June with the boys. Can't wait to see my good friend Clint Hurdle, and I still got to make a trip to see the Reds. And tweets like that are exactly why a lot of people say that John Calipari will go into politics 
once his basketball career uh, wraps up. Coming up after this break, I have one more thought on these John Calipari tweets and then a little bit of basketball recruiting news and your tweets. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I am now going to discuss the most important thing from these tweets that John Calipari sent out. Many of these pictures, as I said, uh, were selfies. A, John Calipari isn't that great at taking selfies, but I'm not going to knock him for that. Hell, it's tough to take a selfie. Like, it's just tough. Uh, unless you're one of the uh, Kardashians or an, an, an Instagram model. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, I'm not judging him for his selfie-taking ability. Plus, he's an older gentleman. So he's not well trained in these things. But he's rocking the five o'clock shadow. Cowbeard is in full effect. It's like hmm. I'll I would I'll ask for feedback on this. I'm gonna say this is it's two days it might be three day stubble. Yeah, that's three-day stubble, I think. I think let's, these are from Monday evening. These pictures, he didn't definitely obviously didn't shave this morning. I don't think he shaved Sunday morning. I think the last time he shaved was sometime Saturday. Yeah, it, honestly, the 5 o'clock shadow ain't a bad look for, for Cal here. He's kind of rocking it. It's a, it, I would, cow with a full beard would be a sight to behold in my estimation. I gotta Google that. I wonder if he's ever, uh, had one like at all time because he, you know, you would think that he would have one. Let's see, Google images. Yeah, I'm not seeing any, any like beard. I'm not seeing any beard at all in any of these pictures, which is a shame. Now, I want him to just grow this out. Maybe we can shame him and tell him to do some some charity donations with a beard. Like John Calipari, grow a beard and then shave it for uh, a charity. You know, you'd raise a ton of money. Because I, I, well, mainly it's out, this is out of curiosity and wanting to help people. Two things that drive me greatly, helping people and trying to figure stuff out. I mean, those are, those are, the great questions of life, the reasons for life to a certain extent. Don't mean to get too philosophical on this podcast, but John Calipari 
should grow a beard this summer. Let's just see what happens. You got the lifetime contract, man. What? No one's gonna fire you. Mitch ain't gonna get. Mitch ain't gonna get mad at your beard. Let's make it happen. I want to see John Calipari full beard. Please let that happen. Speaking of basketball, the two four seven final twenty nineteen recruiting rankings have emerged. They're out there. Evan Daniels uh, and his colleagues. Release them. We're going to be working on getting Evan Daniels on this podcast soon to give some more information on recruiting and probably these rankings to a certain extent as well. Um, They had Anthony Edwards, the Georgia commit number one, James Wiseman of Memphis number two, Cole Anthony, who's going to North Carolina at three. Number four, they have Isaiah Stewart, who is heading to Washington. And at five, they have R.J. Hampton. So there's your top five. Hampton, obviously, still undecided. Many people think he will be going to Memphis, so potentially Memphis could have two top five players in this class. Uh, really weird top five from a commitment standpoint. Georgia, Memphis, Washington, all represented. Uh, and North Carolina, honestly, is actually a little bit odd because I don't think they've had a top five player in quite a few years. Uh, so names you do not see at the top of these recruiting uh, rankings team-wise uh, early. But onto the Kentucky players who you guys care about. According to 247, Kentucky has the number 9, number 11, number 25, and number 111th prospect. Number 9 is Khalil Whitney. Number 11 is Tyrese Maxey. Number 25 is Keon Brooks. And number 111 is Dante Allen. Johnny Juzang, who most people are almost considering a Kentucky commit at this point, is number 30. So if he does end up signing with Kentucky, that would mean Kentucky would have four of the top 30 prospects. Another great class. I think that would lock them in at number two. I think they might almost already be locked in at that spot. Um, And then obviously you have the addition of the grad transfer in Nate Sestina. So Cal did, did good again. Congrats to him. Um, couple other basketball notes real quick as we wrap. We'll do a little bit more on the NBA since that was kind of an interesting nugget, and this will lead us into um, some of the tweets. Tonight, Eric Bledsoe had 13 points for the Bucks and helped the Milwaukee team to take down the Celtics and get a 3-1 lead. He also had an unbelievable block on um, good old Jason Tatum, whose stock has taken a falling as a sophomore um, in his sophomore season in the NBA. Bledsoe can get up every time. It's just so silly, but every time the Al-Farouk Aminu, who has had a pretty solid NBA career, uh, gets shown, I always remember that block when Bledsoe just met him at the rim against Wake Forest in the NCAA tournament. That was one of the most amazing blocks I'd ever seen from a guard. Eric Bledsoe, he, his, you know, he's been a great NBA. He's been... He's been, um, comparatively to what you thought he would be, great. Like, he has far exceeded expectations coming out of high school and even probably coming out of college, you know, on the NBA court. But, like, his flashes are just, ugh. They just make you go, wow. Uh, Also, DeMarcus Cousins was in the news today because he said, uh, here's a quote, I ain't planning on sitting when he was asked about the NBA Finals. That was a terrible DeMarcus Cousins impersonation. Hopefully he never hears it or he would beat me up. I know cousins. Demarcus wouldn't do that. He's not. He's not mad. He's not like mean boogie. But he wouldn't be happy. And you don't want Demarcus Cousins mad at you. So, according to Demarcus Cousins, he said this to the undefeated. 
he plans on playing in the finals if if the Warriors get to that point. And I don't think he made it. I don't think he was kind of wow. And as I'm recording, just checking on the score right now, Houston now has a 17 point lead in the third quarter, and that would tie that series at two apiece. So uh, that could get a little dicey for them. But apparently, Cousins thinks he's going to be ready to play some basketball pretty soon, which is good because he had that torn uh, quad, which is a completely scary injury. But the way I understand it, it wasn't as serious as it could be. So wrapping up, let's get to your tweets. Started down this NBA road because Brandon tweeted us to let us know that Jamal Murray was the number seven pick. We were discussing that on the last edition of this podcast. And if you missed that one, you should go check it out. Also, Jimmy tweeted us and said, Kyle thinks next season will be a train wreck for UK basketball. If you missed that on the last edition of the show, Kyle was talking about how if he was rolling through those guys in the last guy uh, we talked about, which I guess I should have mentioned him when we were talking about uh, these rankings. Jaden McDaniels has fallen in the rankings to number 13. And Washington still leads her deciding. But we were talking about the potential of him coming to Kentucky. Um, and when Kyle said if he came, then this this train would be off the rails. Talking about Kentucky basketball, I attempted to correct him and said that off the rails isn't good, and if you got another five-star prospect, that would be good. Uh, but Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And um, Jimmy also mentioned that I think it was Luke Kennard was one of the guys who was a U.K. fan that went to Duke. We were talking about uh, Jalen Johnson, who said Kentucky was his dream school, and but according to the crystal ball predictions, he will still go to Duke. Luke Kennard is, it was exactly one of those. I remember those stories about him quote-unquote, growing up a Kentucky fan, and he ended up at Duke. So, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Brandon, for the tweets. If you'd like to tweet us, shoot them at LockedOnUK on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to La Rosa's for sponsoring this edition of the show. Please rate, please review, please subscribe, and most importantly, please share, because that's how other people find out about the podcast. Been awesome to see the numbers grow. People are listening every day, and we really, really do appreciate it. And as I mentioned, people are listening every day. And if you're listening and you run a small business or a business and you're in charge of advertising, if you're listening, your customers might be listening. So if you're interested in advertising, shoot us an email at LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. That's LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. We'll get you all the information you need to advertise on this program. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. We're up to six. Six pictures. No, five pictures. Wrapped up with one more tweet. Good to see my pirates in June with going 